Good afternoon. My name is Derek Andre Fleming, and I am the host of Derek Talk. Today is Wednesday, September the 28th, 2022, and I'm coming to you from Seattle, Washington, where it is 58 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, I don't really want to, you know, be a little bit too judgmental right now. But, you know, being on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and just being in America, you hear all kinds of things in the news, whether it's sports, entertainment or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, a lot of the topics that they should be focused on, we don't hear anything about it. A lot of the stories that should get nationwide media coverage, we don't really hear anything about it. And I've always wondered why why that is. So this is my first show on Derek Talk. And one thing that I promise my listeners is that I'm going to talk about any and everything on my show. I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to be open minded. I'm going to be very, very fair. But I'm also going to express my opinion. Because that's what I do. Now, in, you know, in the Brett Favre situation, you know, just a little bit about that story, which I don't think is getting the appropriate amount of media coverage. I've had I I heard some things about it here and there, but I'm just curious. And, you know, I don't know what other people think about, you know, Brett Favre. I was a big fan back in the day when he played for the Green Bay Packers thought he was probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever pick up a football but in this particular story and I'm and I'm you know basically I got a lot of my information from the Washington Post which is a very very credible uh, news news outlet Um, and I'll just give you kind of the gist of what that article was about it says in 2017 a Mississippi nonprofit called Operation Shoestring received a federal grant worth more than $200,000. But when the organization sought to renew the funding a year later, the money was no longer available. Now, according to Executive Director Robert Langford, this organization has been helping, you know, provide aid to families in need for more than half a century. The Mississippi welfare scandal involves tens of millions of dollars and involves the state's former governor, as well as Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre, and as well as a host of others. Favre received $1.1 million that was intended for welfare recipients in exchange for speeches and appearances that he never made. Now, this is according to the state auditor. Here's what I don't understand. Brett Favre, 52 years old, earned $140 million during a 20-year NFL career. Let me say that again, because I think some of you probably missed that. Brett Favre earned $140 million during his NFL career, $140 million. 
that's a lot of money. That's a lot of groceries. That's a lot of whatever. That's a lot of cars. That's a lot of homes. That's $140 million. Just to be clear, most people don't even make a million dollars during their lifetime. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, and I don't know what the average median income is for households in America. I think it's around 60,000 or something. I know years ago it was around 60,000. That might be something we need to research, but let me reiterate. Brett Favre made $140 million during his NFL career. That was 20 years. What would make a NFL quarterback, Hall of Famer, take money that was intended for people that are below the poverty level. Somebody help me understand. That's my first question. My second question, why isn't this particular story, I'm talking about Brett Favre, stick with me here, why isn't this story receiving more media coverage? Why? Any social media platform. I'm reading about Nia Long's husband who cheated. Infidelity is a terrible thing. Terrible thing. Is it a crime? No. Should you cheat? No. But if I'm not mistaken, the coach, Nia Long's husband, was indefinitely suspended I think for a year from being the coach of the is it Boston Celtics correct me if I'm wrong but and that is newsworthy to some extent but I want to hear more about the Brett Favre situation or scandal or whatever you prefer to deem it um And for whatever reason, the media outlets, CNN, Headline News, you know, I read a little bit about it in the papers. Like I said, this article that I'm reading from is from the Washington Post. I'm not sure if it was in the New York Times or Seattle Times or some of the bigger newspapers. But why isn't a story like this receiving more media coverage? I asked this question. I posed this question to a few of my Facebook followers and Dave Lashley, a gentleman who is an avid sports fan, has said he's it's not getting the media coverage because he's Caucasian. If this were somebody African-American, this story would be all over the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. African-American quarterback scams, the less fortunate, whatever you want to call it. But because this is Brett Favre, Hall of Famer, a person that is held to a very high regard by many, then where there is no real media coverage. And maybe it's because he has not been formally convicted. He has not been criminally charged but he has received monies that were intended for welfare recipients. I'm trying to figure out where the disconnect is in America 
And I think it's an interesting dynamic. I really do. Because when it comes to media coverage of certain things that we deem newsworthy, it seems as though things are disproportionately geared toward people of color. I'm talking African-Americans. Michael Vick with this thing with the dogs and, you know, Peter got involved and what he did was very, very wrong. What he did was inhumane. But where's the coverage on Brett Favre? That's really, really, really what I want to know. And on Derek Talk, as I say, our motto is we keep it really, really real. And when it comes to African-Americans, it seems as though we are unfairly targeted by the media outlets or held to a higher standards. Um, colleague of mine said, I wouldn't call it, I would call it, we are held to a higher standard than Caucasians, you know, other races. We are held to a higher standard. Um, when we do something wrong, it's going to blow up in two days or three days. You, you know, you're going to hear about what we did wrong. Michael Jordan, gambler. The story was all over the news. Michael Vick, the dog situation. And I'm not just talking celebrities. I'm talking stories that we deem newsworthy. They get more coverage when the assailant is a black man or a black woman. Now, and I don't know if Brett Favre knew that those monies were intended for the poor or I don't know if he knew that. I don't know that. So in all fairness to Brett Favre, I would like to say that I hope he receives a fair, you know, trial or whatever happens in the future. But I will say that for a man that made $140 million. I feel like he should make some type of public statement. Whether it be acknowledging what he did was wrong. Whether it be saying he did not know that those monies were intended for welfare recipients. But I feel like when you are accused of such a crime. The first thing you should do is say, I'm innocent if you're in, in fact innocent. I'm innocent. I don't know what these people are talking about. These people are crazy out of their mind. I would never steal from the poor. Why hasn't that statement been made? And there are probably probably a host of people that are telling him, Brett, just be quiet. This will all blow over. You know, you're Brett Favre. But at the end of the day, the human side of me would say, they're accusing me of stealing money from people that are less fortunate. So what I need to do for my reputation, for the reputation of my family, for the reputation of all that I have achieved in my pro football career, I need to make some type of statement and let it be known that I had no affiliation with anything that was deliberately taking money from welfare recipients. And I think that's what needs to be done in this situation. And also to the media outlets. And I speak to CNN. I speak to MSNBC. I speak to anybody with a platform. I think we need to cover this type of story with the same type of due diligence, 
with the same type of aggression that we do when the assailant is African-American. The Nia Long story where her husband cheated with somebody that was on the Boston Celtics staff or whatever. And I haven't really read the story in detail because when I read these type of stories, the first thing that comes to my head is we're hearing one side of the story. What we're hearing is one side of this story. We're hearing that a man, a coach, is being accused of cheating on his wife with someone that's on his staff. That may be a very true assessment. That may be a very true story. Nia Long is a beautiful woman. She's achieved a huge amount of success in acting, I think modeling, a lot of different things. But what we have to understand in these type of stories is that we don't know the full story. All we know is what the media outlets are reporting. So whatever happened in that situation, and I'm sure it will come out what happened. I'm not sure that that particular story deserves the media coverage that it's getting versus the Brett Favre story. To the people in that city where he is accused of doing such a crazy, heinous thing, I feel bad for those people because according to the director that Mr. Langford, these monies were supposed to be used for people to relocate, to find housing, you know, food, resources, job resources, computers, things like that. And what Brett Favre and the, these people did when they took that money is they basically took food out of those people's mouths. They took food out of the mouths of those people's kids. So where this may seem like a passing story where, okay, spank, it, spank his hand and let him go. I think it's more serious than that. I think it's, it's very serious because when you are a man that has earned $140 million in the NFL and you have received numerous accolades for your performance on the football field, what gives you the right and the audacity to think it's okay to do this? And just as a human being, nothing more, not a professional athlete, not anything else, just as a human being, it's not right. It's not right. Everyone didn't make $140 million, Brett Favre. Everyone doesn't have the resources you have, Brett Favre. Some of these people, this organization, Shoestring, was their lifeline. It was their opportunity to get back into the workforce. It was their opportunity to find housing, to have a roof over their head, to send their children to school. But what you did, Brett Favre, was you took those month, those allocated funds away. You, along with some other people, very high profile people who I'm sure, by the way, didn't even need the money. But these people surely did. This organization, the shoestring organization was helping families. And I just want to clarify that according to that article. Favre is among the subjects of a civil 
lawsuit filed by the state of Mississippi. So even though there aren't any criminal charges that have been formally filed, um, there is an investigation. Um, As far as how in-depth that investigation will be, that remains to be seen. But bigger than that, I just want there to be a fair and equal playing field when it comes to news coverage of stories. The PNB rock situation. I want to briefly speak on that. The rapper that was gunned down because his girlfriend posted his location on Instagram. I just don't understand like why is there a need to post a play-by-play of your of your every move on on social media whether it be IG, Facebook, TikTok. Um the young man and I wasn't familiar with PNB. I wasn't familiar with him. Um but what I do know is he was a rapper, rap artist who had achieved some success like many that were gunned down, uh Pop Smoke, um Nipsey Hussle, Jam Master J, uh, Biggie, Tupac, the list goes on. Seems like in the rap world that the bigger you get, the more successful that you are, the more that you are subject to violence or being murdered, being killed. Um, and I'm just off the top of my dome. Um, he was sitting in a Roscoe's fried chicken in a California neighborhood and a gentleman approached him and asked for his chain and I don't know if he refused I don't know if he put up a fight I don't know but what I do know is that he was shot in the head and in the back by the supposed shooter that that situation is very sad and it's like we see this time and time again in the African-American community, the hip-hop community. We saw it with Nipsey Hussle, who was just starting to really, really um, expand as an artist. He had a great catalog. A lot of people wasn't weren't even familiar with some of his great music until he actually did pass away. But the similarities between these two shootings with the Nipsey Hussle thing and the PNB Rock situation they both happened kind of like in broad daylight. Somebody walked up to these guys and just started shooting. I don't understand what gives people the audacity to walk up to somebody and just shoot them, but I guess we're getting a little bit more bold. I think the hip-hop community as well as the black community, we have some healing to do in that regard. We have to do more to protect these artists these artists have to do more to protect themselves we have to use better judgment if I'm wearing a $200,000 chain I'm not going to go in a neighborhood that is known to be like South Side of Chicago like a lot of violence a lot of police reports a lot of murder a lot of homicides we have to use better judgment than that and in the PNB Rock situation I think a week or so before he had already discussed being murdered or watching people like Nipsey Hussle and young Dolph be murdered and what he did different differently to prevent himself from becoming a victim. 
And it seems like a week later he was murdered. So touching on that situation, what we need to do is make better decisions logistics wise. I have achieved a certain amount of success, so I'm not going into neighborhoods that I originated from. I love Harlem. I love Brooklyn. I love Bed-Stuy. I love the hood, but I cannot go back into the hood once once I've achieved a certain amount of success. That's just not very intelligent. So when I look at Nipsey Hussle, when I look at Tupac, when I look at Biggie Smalls, they were killed in the same neighborhoods that supported them and purchased their music. And kind of in broad daylight. So, um, again, you're listening to Derek Talk on my new podcast. This is my first show. And I'm excited. I wanted I talked about the Brett Favre situation, how it was not receiving the media coverage that I think it should have received. Now, on my next show, I'm going to have a few guests to talk about the Brett Favre situation. Um, Christopher Fleming, prominent businessman in the Atlanta area. And I'm going to have some other people that are going to we're going to be on a panel and we're going to be talking about some of these situations that I see. Uh, happening that people aren't really touching on and people aren't really talking about, but I think deserve a lot of media coverage. That's what I do here on Derek Talk. I'm going to talk about every story, big, small, mediocre, and I'm going to give an objective opinion of what I think about the story and what I think should be done differently. In the Brett Favre situation, again, just to reiterate, Brett Favre is accused allegedly of stealing eight eight million dollars in funds that were supposed to be allocated to welfare recipients not just Favre there were others involved high officials um, that were involved with this and it has not received the media coverage he has not been criminally charged um, but there is an ongoing investigation and this is a man that earned 140 million during his 20 year stint in the NFL. So that is highly shocking and surprising that if he purposely did this, I definitely think that there should be criminal charges filed against this man. And I'm a Brett Favre fan, so this is this is a little bit disappointing, but also very 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 shocking. My song choice of the week. And I'm not a huge Chris Brown fan. Well, I wasn't a huge Chris Brown, Chris Brown fan. Now, I will say Chris Brown is a very talented young man. Chris Brown, to me, and this is just my humble opinion, is pro- as far as dancing, I don't think anyone comes close to Chris Brown when it comes to his skills on the, as far as dancing goes. Maybe Usher. Maybe Usher Raymond, but I think Chris Brown is definitely in a class by himself when it comes to dancing. His music, I like some of his music, but the song under, I think it's under the influence. You don't know what you did did to me. I am in love with that song. 
And when I realized that it, that song was on Chris Brown's new album, I was floored because, like I said, I haven't been a huge Chris Brown fan in the past. But that's my song choice for the week. It's Under the Influence by Chris Brown, and it's off the new album. Somebody help me with the name. I don't know the name of the new album, but Under the Influence is a wonderful song. And you know how you hear a song, and immediately it kind of like does something to you, and you keep playing it over and over and over and over again. That's what that song has done to me. Um, I love it. That's my song choice for the week. Again, Under the Influence by R&B artist Chris Brown. What else is going on out there? The PNB Rock situation, the rapper that was gunned down at the Roscoe's in California. Um, after his girlfriend posted their location on Instagram. So any naysayers or haters or wannabes that was out there, now they had access to this man's location. Because his girlfriend, very beautiful girl, very attractive woman, she wanted everyone to know, look where we're at. We're at Roscoe's Fried Chicken. Come get us. So now he's no longer with us. Rest in peace, PNB Rock. Very, very, very tragic situation. Um, very saddened by this news of what, uh, what took place. Um, I think we've become so accustomed to hip hop artists being murdered that when we hear something like this is we're like another one you know with the young Dolph situation you know have they charged his killers yeah I think they have found the people that murdered young Dolph but this guy went in a cookie store to get some cookies I think for a family member if I'm not mistaken and he's gunned down. So I don't think we're necessarily shocked when we hear that hip hop artists are killed anymore. And that's uh, that's horrible. That's horrible. It's horrible when you're so immune, you become so hardened to this type of news that it's like another one. But think about this. This is somebody's child. This is somebody's father. He was married. This... This, these things are just getting totally, totally out of hand. PNB Rock, and I can't name one song by this young man, but I know I watched a few of his interviews. I try to do my due diligence before I speak on subjects. And he seemed like a pretty decent human being. Not that you can tell anything from an interview, but a lot of what he said kind of hit home. You know, he was a very humble guy and he was, I think the thing in the black community, and this is what I want to express there are it's harder to achieve a level of success when you're african-american and i think everyone that's african-american would agree with that you have people in the inner city whether it be chicago new york um, detroit with talent or with whatever whatever they they do whether it be music or whether they hustle or whatever they do they want out of those situations. They want out of the impoverished situations that they were born in. So when they see somebody make it, achieve a certain level of success, leave the hood, become a millionaire, like a PNB Rock or a Young Dolph or Nipsey Hussle, people feel slighted. I think they feel slighted. I think they feel like that should have been me. If you remember the movie Belly with DMX and Nas, 
And DMX had a line in that movie where he said, I hate to see so-and-so make it. Like, he used a lot of uh, profanity. But basically, he was saying the dudes that was making it, they don't deserve it. So when you see an artist like PNB Rock or Nipsey Hussle, and they achieve a certain level of success, and they start giving back to the community, and they start building businesses there, I think a lot of people feel slighted like that should have been me. So instead of praising these guys or learning from them or trying to, you know, be mentored by these individuals, it turns to hate and envy and jealousy. So what they want to do is kill these guys. And that's what happens. Um, in the PNB Rock situation, he was sitting having dinner with this girl and this guy just walks up and shoots him after he demands his chain. Now, why can't you work for your own chain? Why can't you start your own business? Why can't you promote your own music? Why do we feel that it's okay to take from somebody something that we did not earn? We're taking the easy way out. We're killing people. We're murdering our fellow Americans, you know, blacks specifically. I'm, and I'm going to say that. And I think it's, I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible. Um, I'm going to wrap things up on this first show, this first edition of Derek Talk. We talked about the Brett Favre situation, which I don't think is receiving the appropriate amount of media coverage, especially such a high profile ex-NFL quarterback, Hall of Famer that earned $140 million during his 20 year career. Where I compared that to the situation with Nia Long's husband, I won't mention his name because I don't know his name who was suspended for a year from the Boston Celtics organization because he cheated with a staff member. He had an inappropriate relationship with a staff member. I just don't think the two should have any bearing on each other. Whatever he did in his personal life, and that's subjective. I think it was very wrong. Infidelity is wrong. I don't think it should have spilled over into his professional career. But I think what happened was that story received so much media coverage that the Boston Celtics organization wanted to separate themselves from any type of bad press. So they suspended him. Now, in the Brett Favre situation, we have to wait to see what's going to happen in that situation. Because we don't know. Um, I'm just waiting to see what, what goes down and what happens in that situation. Again, this is Derek Talk, my first podcast episode. And the difference between myself and other podcasts, I'm going to touch on a variety of different topics. I'm going to talk about dating and, rela- and relationships. I'm going to talk about self-improvement. I'm going to talk about eating healthy. I'm going to talk about football, stories, hip hop, songs, music, fashion. We're going to talk about everything. And I'm going to invite people on my show to give their unbiased opinions. That can be a little bit touchy. Um, And a little bit about myself. My name is Derek Andre Fleming. I hail from Florence, South Carolina. Originally, I was born in a small town called Timmonsville, population 10. (laughs) And I went to Timmonsville High School. Um, I joined the U.S. Navy out of high school. I served on board the USS Simon Lake. I was in the Navy for a minute. Uh, 
crazy story. I served as a barber in the U.S. Navy. Um, when I got out of the Navy, I got into a lot of different things, real estate and different things. But my passion has always been writing, journalism, podcast, those type of things. I wrote a book called The Feminizing of African-American Men. You can check that out. Part one. It's on Goodreads um, from Preacher to Pimp. From the uh, from the pulpit, from the uh, from pimping to the pulpit, I wrote a lot of books. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of success as a self-published author, and I didn't really publish too many of those books. But you can check out some of my books uh, on Amazon. But my podcast is new; it's innovative. We're going to give a voice to the voiceless. We're going to talk about the stories that people are afraid to talk about. I welcome anyone that wants to give their feedback um, on the Brett Favre situation. Um, I welcome anyone that wants to make their voice heard because I think that's what the problem is, you know, with the present, you know, media and podcasts and news outlets. We don't give the common people a voice, and that's what I want to do. Like I said, the intro in the introduction, we keep it really, really real. This is Derek Fleming, and thank you for tuning in to Derek Talk. I will see you on my second show. You have a very, very blessed day and take care. <laughs>